You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Fences. When I first met this woman, I saw Rose and I latched on to her. I told her, baby, I don't want to marry. I just want to be your man. <laughs> Rose told me. I told him if he wasn't a mankind and move out the way so the mankind could find me. That's what she told me. <laughs> You're in my way. You're blocking the view. Move out the way so I can find me a husband. <laughs> Where, Corey? I want him to help me with this fence. He got recruited by a college football team. It ain't gonna get him nowhere. If he be like you in the sports, he gonna be all right. Ain't but two men ever played baseball good as you. And what it ever get me? I ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Hey, Pop, can I ask you a question? How come you ain't never like me? What law is there say I got to like you? A man is supposed to take care of his family. You live in my house, fill your belly with my food, put your behind on my bed because you're my son. Now, don't you go through life worrying about whether somebody like you or not. You best be making sure they're doing right by you. Okay, everybody, so that was the trailer for Fences. The story is... Now working as a garbage collector in the 1950s in Pittsburgh, a formal baseball star creates tension in his family when he squashes his son's dream of playing college football. The film is starring Denzel Washington, Viola Davis, Stephen Henderson, Jovan Adepo, Russell Hornsby, Mikelty Williamson, and Sania Sidney. It is directed by Denzel Washington and based on the play by August Wilson, which he also adapted into this screenplay. Joining me for this review, I am being joined by Kristen Lopez. Hello, everybody. Hello, Kristen. So, Fence is one of the most anticipated Oscar titles of the year. Um, Really, really uh, acclaimed piece of work as far as the play is concerned. Uh, It's also won Denzel Washington and Viola Davis some Tonys before. So let's see if Lightning will strike twice this year as far as Oscars are concerned. And what did you ultimately think of Fences? Um, You know, I've read August Wilson's play. Uh, I was an English major, so it's kind of required reading at a certain point. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, the only other previous experience I had with the stage version is I've seen footage from when James Earl Jones did it mm-hmm. and played the character of Troy. So that was kind of what I was working with. And as a movie, I think that Denzel Washington does a great job of translating the, the narrative themes and the characters. It's a great story that's really needed today. And I think that it's success will determine how movies are marketed towards all audiences, not just white or black audiences. I do think that he's a limited in his directorial style. There's scenes that and shots, use of like fisheye lenses and kind of hazy stuff that seem more like gimmicks. Um, he does not know how to, I think, effectively remove some of the stage-bound elements. There are scenes that do feel like they are seen set transitions uh, to kind of go from one act to another. Um, but overall, I enjoyed this. I think that it's probably the best version of the play that we could have ever gotten. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on Denzel Washington being a little limited as a director here, both in terms of what he can do uh, with the source material and also what he can do as far as 
just being a director. Um, he's This is only his third directed film, suffice to say. I think it's his best directorial effort behind the camera. And dare I say this, I think it's his best performance. Ooh. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it's his best performance. I think it's his best iteration of the performance that he's cultivated over mm-hmm. a very long career. It's... It's interesting that I've heard a lot of people compare this to Training Day. Which, what? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people see, say it's it sounds similar to Training Day. And I think that's because of the performance. We've seen Denzel do the big gregarious, kind of a dick type of performance before. And I think people who are not versed in what the play's intentions are with that are seeing it as Denzel being Denzel. And I think that's going to be a problem. Um, but but it requires, I mean, Denzel's perfect casting because the character of Troy is this larger-than-life, arrogant, self-aggrandizing character who feels that he's wasted his life, you know, the best years of his life and that he should have been doing better. Very universal themes, but for a, a black man in the 1950s, that's very that's even more felt more acutely i think if anything this plays really well with um devil in a blue dress because in that movie denzel is very obsessed with owning a home and in this movie we're seeing that denzel and the whole concept of home ownership and domesticity doesn't really work with him anymore so i think they play as two two nice little halves but i think that people are used to seeing denzel and i think the trailers are playing this up as well with the the key moment that they play are seeing him be that gregarious aggressive in your face figure so they're not really seeing what the difference is and i think that might be troubling for him in the long run but overall he gives a, a fantastic performance Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this question because you know you talked about the uh, the life that he's leading. Um, did you agree with him or did you disagree with him um, in terms of what he wanted more out of life? Did you say to yourself, you know what? Yeah, you you should be angry. You you could have been a great baseball player, or or were you the type of person that's like, what the hell are you complaining about? You just got a promotion at work. You got a house. You got a wife. You got a great son. Like what the fuck? I think, yeah, you're not supposed to sympathize with him. I don't, I didn't feel any sympathy for him. But he does bring up some really good points. That Jackie Robinson scene where he's talking about how um, Jackie Robinson was effectively not the first black baseball player, but was the one that was groomed to be the first black baseball player, which is a true story that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that he's really touching on a lot of things that especially... African Americans who have grown up through the decades were feeling is that, you know, it's not, and I think it plays even better now in this landscape of politics and film, you know, where we had, you know, all these, these years of white presidents, we get one black president and like the world goes like tits up, people start freaking out and we elected what we elected. (laughs) Um, You know, there's this concept that he's bringing up that it's not enough to be a a black male who owns a house you have to be better than every other black male that you know and you have to get this validation from the right people who are willing to promote you and and that's a very very true statement um you know it's it's interesting that this is playing against la la land 
and both of them deal with this concept of the individual's right to dream. And La La Land takes that into high fantasy and that these are good-looking white people who live in LA but still have really nice apartments and they don't have the they have these big dreams that would naturally seem untenable but they're, you know, able to succeed and triumph. Whereas this movie is saying all we really want is to have healthy children and you know, maybe a little money, not have to struggle. You know, their dreams are very realistic. But at the same time, Troy is sabotaging his own child who has a shot at the big time because he didn't get it. So it's all, it's a it's a great dynamic with how they he wants to have success, but he wants that success. He doesn't want anybody else to have that success, even though he could profit off of it and benefit from it. Sure, sure. I think it creates for a very complex character, one of which is um, one of the more fascinating ones I've seen in a film this year, along with um, uh, Natalie Portman and Jackie, uh, Casey Affleck and Manchester by the Sea. I mean, it's just to name a couple. As far as just what's written on the page and what the actor chooses to do with that character, um, it's definitely one of the most complex performances I've seen this year. There are times, you know, when going back and talking about the adaptation from stage to screen and how it relates also to Denzel Washington's performance, there were times where I felt like, and, and I know this isn't true, but I felt like Denzel Washington was monologuing for like an hour straight. Yeah. I know there were other people talking, but he's just going so fast and saying so many words and just ripping through this dialogue that I was just like, I I think that is what put me in a situation where I felt like I was watching a filmed version of the play instead of a film itself. There are some moments that I think the, the you can really see the seams of him making a film or him making just kind of a filmed version of the play. And I think that's what's going to turn people off, especially people who are not stage fans. Because, yeah, it starts from jump with him monologuing, effectively. And there's pretty much every character, I think, effectively gets a monologue in, in which to kind of express things. And that does leave this kind of start-stop. It, it never feels like they're having a conversation. It right. feels like they're waiting for the other person to end so that they can have their turn to speak. Yep, and I it think feels contrived. It, it, that's what's really limiting. And I don't know how they could have broached that divide because August Wilson's words are just so ingrained in, in what the story he's telling is. Um, so, I mean, he's got a lot of beautiful prose, but it's often hard to make that feel like an authentic discussion characters would mm-hmm. have. Yeah, no, I completely in agreement with you on this. And it is very um, it is very difficult at times to adjust to, in my opinion, um, especially because the character of Troy is just so unlikable as well. You know, where I think the film is maybe not asking you to have sympathy for the guy, because like you said earlier, you know, it's like we're you know, are we are we supposed to have sympathy for him or not? I think the film just wants you to understand where he's coming from. Not to have sympathy, but just to understand. And I think it does a really good way of explaining that. And Denzel Washington sells that through his performance. But the flip side of this is also then Viola Davis and the impact that 
his patriarchal um, standpoint on life and how he just rules this house and he pretty much rules the lives of everybody else under his roof. Or at least that's the way that he perceives it to be. It's amazing to see how Viola Davis reacts to him. Even in small portions of the uh, film where she's just in the background. And she's, you know, just having a, whether it be a facial reaction moment or something physical. And she walks off screen for a moment. She comes back on screen, etc., etc. Because Troy is somebody that impacts every single person that he interacts with in a negative way in this movie. Because it, it always seems like he's always trying to pick a fight with somebody <laughs> constantly. Um, you know, there's his uh, his son who's constantly coming to ask him for money. And even when he's not asking for money, he's actually there to pay him back. He still tries to pick a fight with him about it. Um, and just seeing how Viola Davis reacts to all these moments, she's doing really excellent work that when there is this reveal that happens um, later on in the film, her explosion of emotion is so amazing partly because it's what is it 18 years they say 18 years of their life uh of pent-up emotion just being spooled out for everybody to witness and it is just fascinating work i struggle to say who i think is better in the film denzel or viola um and while i do think disagree with me all you might on this i do think denzel is the lead of this film i think it's his story and i do think viola is supporting of that story but i do think that it is um of equal importance in terms of both of their roles i'm not saying she's a co-lead i'm not saying she's the lead but i think that it is definitely a two-hander and they are definitely obviously obviously the standouts here yeah, Viola Davis is amazing. She Somebody had asked me if I thought that she played the role a bit too tough because they interpreted August Wilson's play with the character as being meeker. And I think that that's the joys of what a good performance can do to the work is it can make you feel, you know, a, a performer could play that role meeker than, than she is. Viola Davis, I think, bridges the two conceits very well. You know, she doesn't want to create arguments. She knows that her husband's set in his ways. But at the same time, when she finally gets pissed, she gets pissed and she lets loose on him. When he wrongs her, she, she definitely t tells him what's what and she makes him feel that. Um, you know, it, that's not to say that much like all, you know, married couples, she doesn't get wrapped up in the you know, the lies and the manipulation from time to time, but she knows when enough is enough. And I think she does that very well. Um, the scene that they keep showing in the trailers, which comes towards the middle or end-ish of the film, is kind of her scene. Um, and I did, I, I do want to say I saw this at a press screening with the worst audience that I've ever seen a movie with. Um, and when she's giving this big speech, Somebody brought their children. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get a babysitter or something. But Viola Davis is really wrapped up in the scene. And she's not worried about her looks at this point. As she shouldn't have to. But there were small children in the theater who were very taken aback by um, the fact that she doesn't blow her nose at a certain point during her yeah. speech. And started commenting on this in the 
middle of the movie, loudly oh, enough God. for everybody to hear. And I think that that's the problem that you have with a lot of movie audiences today. This movie is a tough sell. And, you know, that's that's probably something we could touch on, but this is a tough sell in the fact that it doesn't have a plot, effectively. It's, there's no big stakes, you know, in terms of, like, a bomb's gonna go off or, or something like that. It's very much a kind of throwback to the slice-of-life movies of, like, the 70s, where it's just kind of about seeing this family go through the trials and tribulations of, of life. And I think that that is what makes that two hours and 18 minute runtime kind of feel feel it a little bit because I don't think audiences are used to be a movie being so aimless. And I know I just took the conversation to a totally different place, but um, <laughs> I think that's an interesting conceit that by the time you get to Viola Davis's big moment, the audience doesn't really care. At least my audience didn't. They were tired. And I think that the movie has a lot of barriers going for it, but the performances, you cannot complain about those because those are fantastic. Well, when you say tired, I mean, Denzel Washington himself and his performance is exhausting in this movie. You know, like I was saying before, there were times where it feels like he's talking for an hour. He is um, a larger than life character that wears you down as he wears down every single person that he interacts with in the film. And I think that is intentional. And I think that it's perfectly captured. Let me ask you this question, though. Did you uh, personally agree with some of the decisions that Viola Davis decides to make in regards to how Troy should be treated, given uh, this big reveal that happens midway through the film um, and how she ultimately decides to make the decision that she makes to protect her family, so to speak. Well, there's a two-pronged decision there. She decides to take on uh, another family member, and then she also decides that they are effectively going to live together, but not live together, essentially. And that's being as vague as I can get. So the former decision is understandable because she realizes that Troy is one of those people that needs an audience. And he needs a woman. Like that, he's... I, I, well, I'm going to get personal here. He's my dad, effectively, <laughs> because he cannot be alone. I mean, he's a person that needs that validation. Um, Troy, the, the, the character, needs that validation of a, specifically a female companion. And that's how he, he gets his life. So to take on what he's asking her to do is one thing, because he can't do anything on his own. He's never raised a family, he's never kept house, he's never done anything like this on his own. That's understandable. He just works and provides the money, essentially. Exactly, exactly. He knows nothing else. That that decision is understandable. I think that when she says there's a line she gives him that he's a, a womanless man, that's a total fuck you to him. Mm-hmm. Because that takes away his biggest thing that he needs in order to feel like a man, which is that he's still attractive to the opposite sex. Um, and I think as a performer, as for Denzel Washington, who is oft considered one of the like sexiest men in the world, to get shut down by a woman, I, I mean, the audience, again, in my theater was terrible, but they started whooping when she said that, because I think a lot of them were really surprised that she doesn't cave at the end. Mm-hmm. So I understand her decision making. When she gives that speech, there's a speech she gives at the end to her son about his, you know, his father's flaws. 
I, I mean, all of it comes from a lo- logical place, I thought. Yeah, um, I, I was struggling a little bit in that final scene of the film because um, there is a gaping hole in that final uh, scene of the movie um, that has previously been there before. And without getting into spoilers here, um, it just feels like the entire tone of the movie just takes on this um, kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Unenergized, more contemplative reflection uh, upon itself. And I wasn't really digging that, um, especially when I also was trying to understand and figure out um, because also you got to remember, I, I I didn't have any previous exposure to the play before this. I was trying to understand and figure out where it was going to end. Um, so when it does end the way that it does end, I it didn't it didn't work for me. I I wasn't quite understanding it fully. Um, and I get it that it's this is you know you were saying before this is like kind of a plotless movie. This is a character piece ultimately. Um, so when that element of it is kind of stripped away and it's other people commenting on um, the character uh, itself, it, it was, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm still struggling with it. I think I need to see it again to get more of an idea. But ultimately, I just found it, I found the ending to be uh, hollow and maybe not as uh, cathartic as I needed it to be because I feel that also it wasn't, um, I, I, you know, I felt like much in the same way as I did, uh, his son, Yo, uh, Jovan Adepo. I, I was kind of like feeling like, you know what? Good riddance. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm better off yada, yada, yada. But Viola Davis, once again, she's there. She reflects, she makes, uh, him reflect and it becomes, uh, a, a denouncement that is, I, it wants to be powerful, but I'm just not sure if it quite was. Uh, I, what, do, what do you think? I'm surprised they went with the ending from the play because that usually requires like a college class to explain to you the ending of, of the play, which is very um, bizarre. Yeah. Because it involves um, it involves a sort of religious element to it at the end. Yep, um, yep. But it does allow for his redemption effectively, even though... It ends on a bittersweet note because he effectively gets that redemption by dying. Um, you know, it, I'm, I, it's, a, it's a struggle to, I think if they had ended it with a bow, it would have been disingenuous to Wilson's play. But yeah, it, it brings up one of the things that is worth discussing, which is how this movie is totally different from a lot of the movies that we see today involving like family dynamics even though it does have that family dysfunction um you know the audience that that i watched this with you're right when you say you don't really know how it what what the beats are of this movie because there's no rising action there's no you know joseph campbell hero's journey here and i think that that's something that we have not seen since kind of the beginnings of the studio era when we were allowed to have movies that were just kind of there. They didn't have this this overarching plot. Well, they do set it up. You know, Denzel has this whole thing with his son where it's like three yeah. strikes, you know, and it's like we're waiting for that scene where we're going to get to the third strike. Well, I was going to say, the audience that I saw this with, you know, by the time you get to the, the final scene, which is supposed to bring it all together, the audience was very confused and they had spent kind of like the last 30 minutes um, sleeping or making noise. 
and I'm not kidding, that happened. Um, but when the movie ended, I we actually heard somebody look over at their friend and say, "Is this mean that there's a sequel?" Oh my god! And and I think that that's the problem is that this movie is so built around kind of creating this family unit and showing you something new that audiences are just kind of resistant to that because they're 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 you know eating 40 some odd years of blockbuster culture so when that ending shows up people just do not know how to react to it yeah no and i think i was one of those people i don't think i knew how to react to it either because it did go against uh conventional uh thinking that i have had with other films like this before in the past then again, also, this is a very singular work that has been heavily praised. So kudos to it for being something different. I do I do want to throw out real quick because I think it's, it's worth talking about. You know, the marketing on this is really touting this as... I don't really know what it's touting it as. There's a religious element to it that it's kind of like there's... I was telling somebody about this the other day that it's really going to change, I think, how we market african-american centric films because i think a lot of people when they see movies with predominantly black casts they think of like the tyler perry model mm, of that's true. kind of like comedic with a little bit of like faith-based and some drama i can't think of the last movie that i've seen marketed with an all-black cast it's very rare i think in modern hollywood studio filmmaking so if anything the audience that I saw this with, when Troy and Rose have this showdown, and the audience that I saw this with was predominantly white, they were acting like this was the Jerry Springer show. I mean, it did not look good for the audience. Because I don't think that they're used to seeing us a movie with a predominantly black cast that's serious. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this could be used to get diversity in marketing and in, in filmmaking so that the audience does does know how to deal with this type of movie cuz i don't get the tyler perry model i think it's it's kind of belittling but i know they make a lot of money so who knows i if i just thought that was a interesting point to bring up yeah no absolutely i completely agree with you on that and uh, i'm glad that we're at least getting uh, some complex storytelling here whether or not audiences respond to it is another thing entirely i know i certainly appreciate it i know you appreciate it so Keep them coming, I say. With that said, let's pass it off to final thoughts. Great out of 10. Oscar uh, potential. In this case, uh, now that we're in Oscar season, uh, your actual nominations for this film. So, Kristen, what did you think of Fences? I enjoyed this. I think it's the best rendition of August Wilson's play that we'll probably see. I do think Denzel is putting too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, he is acting. He is directing. That's a big job for even the most seasoned performer, I think. And some of his directorial decisions are a little weird. He doesn't fully figure out how to dust off the this is a play element. But overall, I enjoyed this a lot. I'm giving it uh, an 8 out of 10. Um, in terms of my predictions, I have this for supporting actress, even though I don't really agree with it. Uh, lead actor for Denzel Washington, uh, August Wilson's script in Adapted. I don't have this in picture anymore because I think that some of the flaws uh, regarding the stage limitations are just becoming too too big to ignore for a lot of people. So I don't have it in picture. Interesting. Um, I think that the film is 
very well done. I think that it is also uh, burdened with having to have this very limited scope in terms of its story. Not in terms of its characters and its message, but just how the story unfolds and how it takes place. Um, I think that Denzel does the best that he absolutely can in directing this, although you're right, it isn't absolutely um, the best job overall compared to other directors, but I do think it's his personal best directing effort. Uh, And I also think that all of the cast, like all of them, uh, Mike Kelty Williamson, Giovanna Depo, I, I, I mean, Stephen Henderson, you name it. Everybody, including Denzel and Viola, are all fantastic here. So kudos to all of them for absolutely holding this film together because this film ultimately lives and breathes through its script and its cast. I personally do have it in for Best Picture right now. I have dropped it from director. I have it getting in for Best Actor for Denzel, Best Supporting Actress for for Viola Davis, and also Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, It is dangerously close, though, to dropping off in picture for me. And I think that the unlikability of the character of Troy is not only going to affect the film's chances in Best Picture, but I think can also impact Denzel Washington's chances at winning Best Actor as well. Uh, He is, in my opinion, a very unlikable character and one which um, I think may divide audiences completely. Although nobody is going to say that Denzel does a bad job here. Nobody. He is truly remarkable. With that said, I give uh, Fences a 7 out of 10. So, Kristen, tell us all, where can they find you on the internet? As always, I am on Twitter at journeys underscore film. Thank you so much, and you can find me at Next Best Picture. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM Radio. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.